0: Welcome, everyone, on this Sunday after Christmas. We're having a uh, Merry Christmas season, and thank you for tuning in. We're going to start off this service with a gathering song.
1: I am the pastor, and this is... I'm Brett,
2: I'm the worship leader. Hey, and oh. I'm Alyssa, the director of family ministry and whatever else Michelle needs me to do.
1: There we go, which is today, roping her into sitting for this video. <laughs> we are so glad you are with us. Uh, we know you may be traveling, um, but we're traveling currently. I know it's kind of an outer body experience. We're here, but we're not, mm-hmm. right? Um, we are all uh, taking Sabbath. That is a good thing to do in the life of the church. God took Sabbath, and so we will too. Um, And so hear these words as we call ourselves together in community wherever we find ourselves in our living rooms and in other states, and um, whether we're listening on our phone or on our computer. People of God, arise and shine, for your light has come. The light of Christ has come into the world, Emmanuel, God, with us. So arise and shine, for your light has come, and we will follow the light when it shines brightly in the night sky, when it glows dimly on the horizon. We will follow the light when it leads down familiar paths to unexpected destinations, When the road is unfamiliar and the star rests above a dubious looking home, we will lift up our eyes and look around. And when we see the Christ child, may our hearts be overwhelmed with joy. When we are in the presence of Emmanuel, may our knees bend in worship. When our journey brings us finally to the heart of God, even may our hands open in generous sharing. And may our mouths open in generous praise. Would you sing this next song with us that you know well?
0: We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts we travel so far, field and found Oh,
1: That's right. We're right here.
2: (laughs) There's not a whole lot of places for us to go. (laughs) Here we are. So, maps. We are in the season of travel, right? And whenever my family would go someplace, we would have one of these trusty road atlases. My dad would never leave house without the current year roadmap. Just wouldn't do it. Now I. I'm a much different creature, and I use the lady in the phone. But the point is that no matter what, whether we're using Rand McNally, we're using Google Maps, right, we have a way to tell us how to get from point A to point B. Now, here's what's really crazy, is on the night that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a star rose in the sky, and these wise men, followed the star to get from where they were to where they were going. But the thing that's really cool, Michelle, about this hmm. isn't that they, used, they didn't use a map. It's that they knew that they needed to follow the star at all, right? right? These men were wise not because they could navigate by a star, although that's a really cool gift to have and a dying art for sure, It's because they they were steeped in the history and the tradition of the prophets. And they knew that they were supposed to be looking for something. They knew that they were waiting to see something. And when that something showed up, they didn't wait. They didn't wait for an invitation. They didn't wait for a map. They took off and they just started going. And what's even more amazing about that is that they knew who they were going to see. They knew that they were trying to find, they were going to find Christ. They weren't exactly sure how they were going to find him, but they knew that they were going to find him. And because and we know that because they brought gifts for him, gifts for him that were unique. These were not, even in the first century, proper baby shower gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought him gold because they knew he was a king. They brought him frankincense because they knew he was going to be a priest and the highest of all the priests. And they brought myrrh because they knew that even though this momentous birth was incredible, it was only momentous because of what Christ was going to do for us and die for us. And so we call these men wise, not because they didn't need a map, Hmm. right? But because they knew what they were looking for and they knew who they were looking for and they didn't wait. So over the next several weeks, What we're going to be doing in Sunday school while your parents are here in worship is we're going to be looking at a map of who we are and who we are in relationship to God
0: Hmm.
2: and how we can find our way from where we are right now to where we're going just by the light of a star and not by the light of books, self-help books and all the other things that exist out there. So that's what we're going to do. But before we do that, I think we need a prayer because I'm going to be, when you watch this, I'm in Texas. And I'm going to need a couple of prayers to get me back from Texas because, you know, it is God's country. Dear God, sometimes it is so hard to know exactly where we're supposed to go or who we're supposed to follow or what we're supposed to follow. Help us over the course of these next several weeks in the sermon series to really dig into what it means to follow you and what it means for us to be in relationship with you while we're following you. Help us really understand that and dig into it and, and get into the meat of that conversation with each other. God, we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And today, we're talking about love. And our our scripture comes from Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together and one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? Mm -hmm. And he said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands.
1: This is the word of of God for us, the people of God. God. Thanks be to God. Uh, So I am... Super excited uh, for us to launch our new series this January. Uh, I hear you ask a whole lot of questions about life and about church and about meaning. And uh, a lot of the times what you're pretty much asking is, who am I? Who am I in relationship to um, my neighbor and um, my spouse and people that I'm having a hard time getting along with these days? But also, who am I? In relationship to who God is, that is the question of epiphany. Um, Epiphany begins next Sunday when we gather back together, the first Sunday of January. Um, That Sunday, we're actually going to be celebrating our compromises, giving them Bibles so that they can have their own epiphany moments throughout the the spring Um, aha moments about who they are and who God is and all that. But you're going to be doing that at the same time. Um, And I'm super excited about the way we are going to dive into what epiphany means this question of. This God who meets us in a manger—like, who am I in relationship to this God? Who am I, and what does this mean for me? I'm—I'm um, I'm excited about the way we're going to do it, specifically because uh, this—there's a tool that has recently kind of changed my life. Um, it's something I care a whole lot about. I think. Um, uh, Alyssa and Brett think that I'm a little obsessive about it. Now they're like, "How many times is she going to drop her number in a conversation?" Not my phone number. I don't just give that out Uh, uh, all the time.
0: thank you, thank you, thank
1: you. Oh yes. Uh, But this series is about you. That like that's what this series. I know that that's a strange thing. If you grew up in church, if you were religious in any way, if you. Where a Christian, you think you're supposed to come to, to church to learn about God. And so a series that is about you or about me figuring out myself feels um, feels odd. Um, except, though, um, one of our greatest scriptures that Alyssa just read uh, is when we, we encounter Jesus telling us, what does it mean to, who are we? What does it mean to be a Christian in light of who this God is? And the answer, the greatest commandment, out of all the things we could take from Scripture, Jesus says two things. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And at that point in time, this would have been not new news for anybody. Like Sadducees and Pharisees would have totally been on on, on, on board with the idea of loving the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your heart. But then he turns it on its head. And the next line is and and That is the first and most important commandment, and then do this one as if it's as important as the other. Love your neighbor as yourself. We get really hung up on that neighbor thing, though. Like, the neighbor thing, we're like, okay, it's not supposed to be a better person. Supposed to like like people around me better, Um, but the part we miss in that most often is that word yourself. Um, That to love your neighbor, to be in relationship with your neighbor, is almost impossible is impossible unless you love yourself, unless you know yourself and you can't love God with all your heart, soul and mind unless you know God and, and who God has called you to be and who you are in light of that God. And so it's all so, so, um, wrapped around each other. And so there's a tool that, I, that I've recently learned which I think is perfect for the season of epiphany um, because this tool is unlike any other personality test you have ever found. All the other personality tests are about self-help, um, about knowing yourself a little bit better. Um, this one is about actually changing. Actually, becoming the person that God has called you to be. Uh, So, um, we're using something called the Enneagram. If you've heard of it, you might have heard of it before. This is a very famous book by um, Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr is a Catholic priest who wrote this book um, in the 90s. Uh, He and he helps us through theologically what it means to to know who we are. Who are we in light of who God is, and who is and then how do we experience God through that? There are nine numbers. these numbers are not meant to put you in a, in a in a box they're not meant to to pigeonhole you they're not meant to say that this is who you are and this is all you'll ever be instead um as the early mystics as the the early, earliest moments that the enneagram ever began to be explored were actually around the time of of um of the, the wise men um you have people who are who are connecting theology and astronomy and philosophy and psychology all together. These are, these are worldly people, global people, and also really intelligent people who sit around fires looking to this star to guide them to Jesus. And while they're sitting around a fire at a campsite waiting to find Jesus, they're also diving into who am I in the midst of this cosmos, under all these, this blanket of stars, who am I? And so we are going to go back to their initial understanding of it. Their initial understanding would have been that these are the nine faces of the soul, that each of us have a little bit of each of these numbers. And some of these numbers are really alive and some of us more so than others. So to enter into that, we have a task for you to do. You didn't have to come to church today. You didn't have to set up anything if you were a volunteer. You didn't have to do anything. But now I have something for you to do. You know, I'm always going to ask you to do something. So uh, go to KingstownCommunion.net slash Enneagram. We invite you to take um, a. How long did it take you all? Maybe 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Um, Brett has already done some really great work to make it easier on y'all than it was on us. Um, and so there, there's an easy form uh, to take through a. Uh, what, what is that through? Excel. Oh, it's like a health, uh, yeah, so he made a he made an easy way to do it. We want you to use this one, not some random one you find online. Those are not uh, not nearly as accurate as this one that we've paid for for the church to take together. But we really ask that you would go take the Enneagram test. Do not think of it as a personality test. I know that they, that some of y'all are going to get stuck on that. You're tired of taking personality tests. Think of it as a way to understand your soul better. The nine faces of the human soul. And how you fall into that. So that you may know who you are in light of who God is. This God who meets us in a manger. We have a song that we would like to teach you. So A, go to Communion.net slash Enneagram. Take that test this week. We're going to start with number one next weekend. B, learn this song. theme song for the next nine weeks as we move from this God who meets us in a manger to this God who will not hide God's face from us on the cross in Lent. Hope you will join us next week as we start with number one. Go now in the love of God the Father and the grace of his son Jesus Christ and in the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. There is Amen.
0: peace at the table of the Lord. There is At the table of the Lord